Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. We've got about seven big headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown, regenerative society, and rewilding. And these stories are reminders to me that conservation success comes in all different forms. All right, the first category uh, is drawdown. This is uh, from Portugal. I think we reported on this earlier this year. As of a couple weeks ago, Portugal is free of fossil fuel extraction projects as company abandons the last contract. In 2015, there were a total of 15 fossil fuel exploration and extraction contracts, both onshore and offshore, in Portugal. Through years of struggle, against the government's insistence, and despite the fact that the parliament voted down several times proposals for their cancellation, the last two remaining contracts in central Portugal were abandoned. One year after Gas, the first action camp in Portugal against fossil gas and for climate justice that united local groups, national collectives, as well as international activists against drilling projects, Australis Oil and Gas gave up its concessions for fossil gas exploration and extraction in the area. The struggle involved mass protests, direct actions, climate strikes, and local campaigning all over the country throughout the years and managed to force companies off the regions. Now, the last two of the 15 projects are gone, due, completely due, to public pressure. That is really special. Uh, This next article um, we spoke to a couple months ago as well, um, but it finally happened. Uh, This one is coming from DW.com. Six young Portuguese activists are suing European countries over climate change. In the latest example of a wave of climate litigation across the world, six young people filed a case to the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg, asking for accountability around the the climate crisis. In what is being described as an unprecedented climate case, four children and two young adults from Portugal have filed a complaint at the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg against 33 industrialized countries. The young people, supported by the Global Legal Action Network, are saying that countries have failed to enact the emission cuts needed to protect their futures. The case focuses on countries whose policies lawyers argue are too weak to meet the 1.5 degrees Celsius Paris Agreement goal. They cite the country ratings of the Climate Action Tracker. That's really special to see. And this next article, I have no idea how to understand, um, but it is fascinating nonetheless. Um, ExxonMobil dropped from the Dow after nearly a century. 
I, I can't even believe this. So cbsnews.com is reporting that ExxonMobil, which joined the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 1928, is being removed from the blue chip stock market index. The changes would also help the Dow add new types of business that better reflect the American economy, the index company said. Energy giant ExxonMobil joined the Dow 92 years ago as Standard Oil of New Jersey, and it's the oldest member of the index. The Dow's last original member, General Electric, was removed in 2018. ExxonMobil was the most valuable company in the United States for much of the early 2000s, and as recently as 2011, when it hit a market value of just over $400 billion. Apple overtook Exxon in 2012, and much of the technology sector followed since. Earlier this month, Apple's market value topped $2 trillion, making it the first U.S. company to reach that milestone. Meanwhile, Exxon's market value has sunk to just $175 billion. The company has been plagued, though, in part by claims that it was deliberately that it deliberately concealed the damage that the oil it has long extracted and refined into gasoline was doing to the planet. Oil plays a much smaller role in the U.S. economy today than it did 50 years ago. While fracking has helped revive and grow the energy sector in the U.S., demand for fossil fuels has flatlined and has dropped during the COVID economic slowdown. In the 1980s, energy companies made up as, a much, as much as a quarter of the Dow. <laughs> Get this. After Exxon's exit on Monday, energy will account for just 2% of the index. That's incredible to me. Um, I don't know what it means, though, as far as the rest of the drawdown project, but I think that is good. It's just an amazing story. All right, next category, what I'm calling regenerative society, um, because both of these headlines are really amazing. Uh, First one, French prime minister says jobs and green recovery at the heart of the COVID recovery plan. This one's coming out of The Guardian. Jean Castex unveils a 100 billion euro plan aimed at returning France to pre-pandemic economic strength. France's prime minister has stressed the importance of getting the country back on its feet within 18 months and quote-unquote transforming the French economy with a green makeover as he has unveiled his 100 billion euro coronavirus recovery plan. Jean Castex outlined how France would spend its way out of the crisis rather than create quote-unquote social misery through austerity measures with a plan that had the environment, competitiveness, and employment as its three pillars. He said a large chunk of the money would be used to revive French industry in strategic areas to make the country sovereign and competitive in essential sectors. Castex said unemployment was a major concern, adding that he hoped the financial injection would create 160,000 jobs in the next year and would avert an explosion in joblessness when emergency financial help introduced at the height of the COVID crisis came to an end. The plan, which is officially called Relaunch France, aims to return the strength of the French economy to its pre-coronavirus days. Castex reminded citizens of the that of the $100 billion euro plan, um, 40 billion euro had come from the European Union Recovery Fund, and he urges all of us to remember this when the money is spent. 
This is so huge. This is similar to the Green New Deal um, that's been thrown around. This is similar to the New Deal thrown around in the 1930s here in the United States. But this is the first time that I'm seeing this by a major com uh, country and it, actively including the green economy uh, is just an incredible thing to see. So I hope more of this follows. All right, the second article is out of Manga Bay. Um, and I love this. I absolutely love this. Madagascar introduces stoves that burn rice husks instead of forests. This seems like a no-brainer, but it's incredibly difficult to actually do. But uh, Madagascar's dependence on fuel wood is contributing significantly to the island's deforestation. To meet demand, charcoal suppliers even take wood from protected areas and dig up tree stumps. A new program aimed at changing wood consumption, uh, wood consumption habits to alleviate pressure on both forests and household budgets is distributing new stoves that burn rice husks instead of charcoal. One million tons of rice husks go to waste in Madagascar each year. The program aims to turn this surplus into a biofuel that is cheaper and more sustainable than wood. These kinds of decisions... Uh, are exactly what a regenerative society uh, thinks about. What is being currently wasted and how to use it. And the fact that Madagascar is actively taking these steps is as important to me as the step that uh, France is taking right now. All right, moving on to the last category, the first of two headlines here. Both of these are, I love them. Uh, this first one's coming out of cbsnews.com. Turtle species among the most endangered in the world is saved from extinction. We reported on this back, I think, in February or March, um, but it has uh, just become a better story since then. So a turtle species that was once believed to be extinct in, I think, 1990 was rediscovered and now faces little danger of biological extinction, researchers who worked to repair the species announced recently. The Burmese-roofed turtle, which looks like it is always smiling, is one of the most endangered turtles in the world, according to the Wildlife Conservation Society. Conservationists from WCS, Turtle Survival Alliance, and Myanmar Forest Department rediscovered the turtles in the wild in the early 2000s and have since worked to repair the species. A long-term decline in population resulted from chronic egg collecting, subsistence harvesting of adults, and loss of critical nesting habitat. The species became a candidate for extinct status in the 1990s. However, a living Burmese roofed turtle was purchased in a Chinese wildlife market and came into the possession of an American turtle collector in the early 2000s. Soon after that, two populations were discovered in Myanmar. WCS said the captive population of Burmese roofed turtles is now approaching a thousand turtles, meaning the species appears to be in little danger of biological extinction. Complementary conservation efforts are focused on the remaining wild population, which consists of five to six adult females and perhaps as few as two males. Um, yeah, we reported on this, this story earlier this year when conservationists with WCS and TSA in Myanmar announced that for the first time an isolated female Burmese roof turtle who has never been known to produce fertile eggs deposited a clutch of 19 eggs. 
Since then, 14 of those eggs hatched in May and now they're approaching a thousand turtles. So this is really remarkable news and love to hear it. Last headline here, and again, this is not just amazing for conservation, but amazing for conservation science, amazing for science in general. And uh, this one's out of time.com. The first clone of endangered Przewalski's horse born in conservation effort to save the species. The first successfully cloned endangered Przewalski's horse was born on August 6th in a veterinary facility in Texas, San Diego Zoo Global announced. The horse was cloned from DNA of a male Przewalski's horse cryopreserved by the zoo in 1980. Przewalski's horses are critically endangered animals that are found in Mongolia, per Smithsonian's National Zoo. They're considered the last species of truly wild horses and are distant cousins of modern-day domestic horses, having likely, sp uh, likely split from a common ancestor around 500,000 years ago. Przewalski's horses were once extinct in the wild, and while intensive breeding programs helped revive the species and reintroduce them to the grasslands of China and Mongolia, nearly all can be traced back to only 12 horses that were born in the wild. <laughs> That's amazing. The successful cloning of DNA collected 40 years ago is meant to introduce uh, key genetic diversity into the species that could benefit its survival. The zoo said the cloned horse will eventually be transferred to the San Diego Zoo Safari Park and integrated into a herd of other Przewalski's horses for breeding. I am completely astounded by this entire thing, and I think it has a lot of hope for saving endangered species and what is possible. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and... Um, well, I look forward to sharing more with you in the future. Thanks.